This podcast is brought to you by OnTrack Studio. Hello guys, welcome back to Drink More Water. I'm Riley. And I'm Sophie. And we're so excited to be back. Yes, we've got a very exciting episode today. Mm. We've just got a really good guest coming on that you'll obviously just literally about to hear. Um, but bit of a preface. In the episode I say preference guys and I yeah. meant preface and you'll hear it. Anyway, <laughs> There is we do talk about binge eating and yeah. eat, disordered eating, eating disorders. So yeah. bit of a warning, if this isn't what you want to hear today... Just sign off. You can listen next week, listen to one of our previous episodes. And if you feel like when you are listening to these type of episodes, having a support person with you is really helpful. I feel like absolutely do that. Or just see if you can have someone that can listen with you. If anything comes up, you've got someone there to talk things through with because it can be really triggering. And if Mm. you are in the middle of going through anything like this, know that you're not alone for one. We talk about it in the episode and there's so many reasons as to why you may be going through what you are right now. But there is so much support out there and we're going to link a lot of um, links below that you can go to if you feel like you do need that extra support and help with whatever you're experiencing right now as well. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly why we wanted to do this episode to open the conversation mm-hmm. to make you realize if you are experiencing anything that we talk about in this episode that it, you're not alone. Mm-hmm. I know that when I've been experiencing disordered eating in my past, hearing an episode like this would have been everything. Yeah. You know, young girls similar to my age talking about what they're experiencing is just it's so reassuring to hear people yeah. that are going through similar things or have been through and have come out the other side and you know there yeah. is a light at the end of the tunnel and I think that is so important when you're in the midst of such a dark period totally. um, so yeah and that's a really beautiful thing I guess about Lil coming on as well because she's still sort of coming out of that phase of binge eating so talking to someone who is still in that to some extent is amazing of her to come on and share her story as well but I think you guys are going to take a lot from this it's a very candid conversation around what she's experienced and I feel like there's a lot of gem- in there that you can take away and just know that yeah you're not alone there is help out there and if you are experiencing any of these things definitely reach out to someone close to you that you know can be of support and if you need extra support I feel like our Facebook group could be a really nice place just to share your stories and actually Mm. realize that you're not alone in this and there's so many people out there that can yeah just be of support during that time for you as well yeah we don't plan anything so as always this is just a bit of a conversation which I love yeah I personally love obviously with Lil like she is experiencing it, has experienced binge eating. We obviously go into this a lot more in the episode. I've experienced it in the past and Riley hasn't. And I think that conversation mm. is very interesting talking with people because you probably have friends in your life who haven't or people in your life who haven't. Yeah. And it's really interesting talking with a bunch of people who have experienced different things, even though say Lily and I have experienced similar things. They're so different, you know, yeah. it's all personalized. So I think that whole conversation is just very interesting. So we really, really hope you enjoyed this episode, guys. Should we get into it? Let's get into it. Lily, thank you so much for joining us in the studio today. Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> we're so, so excited. Ex- I know, we're so excited to finally have you on. I feel like it's been a long time coming. Oh, absolutely. And just a bit of preference, like I messaged Lily yesterday. Preference. <laughs> what did I like, say? cleared my schedule and I'm here. Yeah, she made it happen. I just have to pick you up, so because you said, I said preference. preference. Your preface. Preface. It's okay. Have to preface. We've had a problem the oh, whole no. series. We say preference as preface. And people get it's, it's a bit of. I thing. reckon I say that too. Yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. like an Australian thing. We're trying to get things a bit mixed up. 
totally. It's a, it's a sore point for some people. Though, so we're just going to catch ourselves out. But thank you for clearing your schedule either way. It's yes. so good to have you here. And, you know, we're not the most organized pair. So oh, I mean, you said it first, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So good to have you here. But I guess to start off, we would love to, I guess, get a background on you, who you are, where you came from, all the rest of it. And I guess as well with that, your social media journey, because that sort of took off after high school. And I feel like a lot of girls listening probably know of you or follow you already. So talk us through that. Yeah, my name's Lily Turden. I'm from the Sunshine Coast. I'm 19 years old. This is my second year out of school. I'm currently studying at uni doing Bachelor of Business, Bachelor of Marketing. I mean, communications. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I did my cert three and four in fitness last year because I didn't know if I wanted to be a PT or go down the more business end which I'm obviously going down now because for work I'm a marketing manager for a few restaurants on the coast yeah which is a bit of fun the best restaurants on the coast <laughs> yeah. Yes. yeah I'm not being biased but you might be right <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so I love it I started social media I first got in on social media when I was in grade four so that's like 2012 mm. I think it was like 10 years old so you know I've always kind of been on it but I started my quote unquote quote fitness page in grade 10 in high school yeah and that was pretty much just to post my healthy recipes the workouts I was doing because I've always kind of been into health and fitness like I've grown up just like you Riley doing Mm -hmm. surf lifesaving um sports aerobics hockey you name it I was doing it pretty much Mm -hmm. so we've always kind of been a healthy family yeah like you know normal school lunch boxes just like sandwich apple Popper, whatever. Yeah. Love a popper. A classic, a classic, a classic Australian lunchbox. <laughs> really right? Good. Yeah. Wasn't allowed the roll up folks too much sugar. Yeah, oh, neither. I wasn't the roll up. We always did a little trade in the end. <laughs> yeah, our parents just dirty there. <laughs> really did. Um, but yeah, just a typical Australian, I guess. Active lifestyle. Yeah. Kind of stuff Love going the on. beach. Yep. Yeah, that was always the way. Um, so yeah, I guess the past four years I've had this account. Throughout high school, I only had like less than 3,000 followers. Not that followers matters, but just mm. to put it into perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it wasn't really that much. I was pretty lucky. I didn't really get much shit. I mean, no one really hated on me in school totally. for the account. Yeah, so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we love that. We love Not getting bullied. <laughs> um, so that was awesome. And my friends were always super supportive. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, at the end of high school is when I kind of started gaining some traction. Yeah. On socials. That was when Reels were first introduced. Okay. Yeah. So I really jumped on that bandwagon. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like you're the queen of Reels in my mind. I'm like, when I think of Reels, especially initially, I was like, Lily just gets it. Yes. I I didn't get it. (laughs) I still don't get it. Yeah. I still don't get it. Oh, Oh, I love that. Thank you, though. That actually means a lot. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so, and that was also the time that I was kind of, I kind of lost a lot of weight like Mm. within grade 12. Mm -hmm. So my relationship with food was a lot better because in 2019, I became really obsessed with healthy eating, Mm -hmm. but like I would eat to the point where I was so full that I would vomit. Mm. Was this grade 11 for you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I got into like healthy eating, quote unquote, um, in 2015 when that sugar film came out. Do you guys remember that? Yes. Yeah. I remember that. That got me hooked. Yeah. So from then on, I think that was like probably grade nine. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, so I was like, you know, kind of paleo-based or whatever Mm -hmm. um, up until grade 11. And then at the end of grade 11, we went on a school trip to Italy for a month. Mm -hmm. So I was really 
out of my comfort zone with like food. Mm-hmm. So you ate what you were given when you were given it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I wasn't really the biggest fan of processed meats and stuff. And that's predominantly what they ate over in Italy. Mm. So I just didn't really eat as much. And I was actually listening to my hunger cues. Like I was like, oh, okay. Like I'm actually not hungry. I'm going to stop. Like they're going to feed me so much tomorrow because I tell you what, Italians feed you. <laughs> Tons of food. <laughs> like I go, need to get myself over there. Oh my God, please do. <laughs> um, so yeah, so when I came back to Australia, 2020, like my relationship with food was actually quite quite good. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't binging. I didn't have bulimia or anything. Like it was quite good, but I was probably, I was tracking and it did become a bit obsessive mm-hmm. and I was loving running, but I was running too much. Like I look back at the images and I'm like, wow, I did not realize how lean I got. Mm -hmm. I remember seeing you running all the time. Oh, really? Yeah, all the time. (laughs) And it would have been around that time when, because it was start of your year 12, wasn't it? Correct. Start of COVID? Yeah, that too. So you didn't really have an option. Mm. It was like, if you wanted like some space from your family, you get out and go for a run. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) totally. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that's sort of for you, I guess, when it became a little bit unhealthy in the sense of maybe over-exercising, under-eating at that stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was okay. funny because I never viewed it as that because I was never hungry mm-hmm. because I was eating so much and it was all pretty healthy still mm-hmm. because I still had that mentality of kind of good and bad food. So it was yeah. more just all healthy, which meant it wasn't as calorically dense plus over-exercising. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're right. But then mm-hmm. over the year, I kind of realized, you know, it's actually about like for your appearance, for the way that you look, it's about the calories that you eat, not Mm. the quality of the food. Mm -hmm. So then by the end of the year, I was eating like not the best foods, but the right amount. So Mm. then it didn't matter what I ate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 totally. Unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So at that stage, were you still sort of tracking every single day and really on top of what you were eating, but you introduced those like quote unquote bad foods that you once deemed to be good and bad, Yeah. but you were still under eating or in a deficit? I think so. But I think I did kind of start to listen to my hunger cues and I wasn't tracking as much. Like I, there'd be some days that I wasn't tracking, Mm -hmm. but like, for example, I was swimming in every morning and then like exercising in the afternoon like you do when you do surf life saving so yeah. you're burning so many calories totally. so I just kind of stopped tracking yep. so yeah that was fine until the start sorry it all gets a bit blurry just because it's like over the past like three years totally. <laughs> yeah, no, and then you graduated school end of 2020 yes and then moving into 2021 what was that relationship like moving out of school yeah it was fine like I'll give it to myself. I, like I was working three jobs. I was going to uni, doing a cert three and four in fitness, doing a cert four in nutrition and doing Instagram and still trying to have a social life while doing surf life saving. So there was a bit on my plate. Totally. But then I kind of fell back into the trap of binge eating and bulimia when I got my new job that I have now because I put so much pressure on myself because this is the job that I kind of want to pursue for the foreseeable future. So I was like, I can't stuff this up Mm -hmm. because it means Mm -hmm. a lot to me. Yeah, that kind of put me back in a bit of a spiral because I didn't know how to cope with the stress. Like when it comes to binge eating, everyone has their different triggers, whether it is stress, whether it's anxiety, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. it becomes your coping mechanism. And because I had done it repetitively, it became a habit. Mm. (sighs) Yes, I have so many thoughts about this. Yeah, 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 (laughs) totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, unfortunately. And it's, 
It's so upsetting how many girls go through the exact same thing. And it's funny because binge eating is the leading eating disorder within Australia. Yeah. But no one ever recognizes it because, you know, you can't you can't see someone that has binge eating. And then mm-hmm. bulimia is the second most common. Mm-hmm. And then it's anorexia. But anorexia mm-hmm. is the one that everyone can tell. Yeah. It's so the most like, visible. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Everyone's like, oh, are you okay? But like, if you've got the other two, no one really notices. For sure. Mm-hmm. Which is tricky because it's an awkward thing to bring up. Like, mm-hmm. you you know, to say to your family or your friends, oh, you know, I'm really struggling with this and yeah. or like for them to bring it up and be like, oh, are you okay? Mm, and for yeah. me, the trickiest part was that I studied nutrition in high school for two years. I've I've part done my cert for in nutrition. Like I know. I understand it. Yeah. Mm. I know exactly what you should be eating and how much you should, but it's just, I didn't know how to cope with the stress. Mm-hmm. So that would consume me mm-hmm. and I was kind of like why am I doing this and now I've started seeing a psychologist which yeah. I tell you what so helpful I could not recommend it enough or mm-hmm. a dietitian someone who's properly qualified one thing I was going to say on that as well is for you do you feel like with the stress and anxiety for you mainly stress with that new job it was just a complete coping mechanism to turn to binge eating oh god yeah like mm. I remember specific days like When I say binge eating, I don't mean, you know, coming home, having one packet of chips. I mean, like, everything in the cupboard I would eat. Mm -hmm. Like, I had one day, I ate five packets of biscuits, like, blocks of chocolate. One day, I ate five blocks of chocolate, but then I'd still go home and have dinner because I didn't want mum to think I'd done it. Mm -hmm. Or, like, if I ate stuff in the cupboard, like, dad would be like, who ate all the biscuits? I'd be like, oh, Byron. Like, that's my brother. (laughs) I'd be like, he ate them all. And they're like, oh, because I didn't want them to know Mm -hmm. guilt yeah 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 totally Mm -hmm. for sure so coming back to it when would you say it was the first time that you recognized that you were binge eating was that back like in 2018 or 19 or was it kind of more closer to where we are now definitely closer to where we are now back then I just kind of thought I was overeating yeah and like Mm -hmm. I thought I was throwing up because oh like I've just eaten too much like I'll always remember a training session and my nickname became Chucky because <laughs> yeah okay. I know it's not funny but you know no, no, no. <laughs> yeah no it's yeah it's funny and probably in hindsight now looking back and understanding it on a deeper level you're like oh wait a minute yeah, yeah. it's not that funny because <laughs> my coach thought I was going so hard and like pushing myself but it was actually the food the food yeah yeah okay interesting but yeah then actually recognizing hold up this isn't normal like this is not what life should be like you know you'd binge on a friday and a saturday and then it'd get to monday be like okay i've done it before i can do it again Mm -hmm. like i can get back on track it's that constant cycle of like doing it feeling guilty telling yourself never again pushing yourself hard and then happening again and again and again and like you said like it's so frustrating when you're going like why yeah why am i doing this i know you know (laughs) like i've I've kind of gotten over it in the past. Mm -hmm. I totally relate to what you were saying about like you kind of went through it and then you get better and you'd be completely fine for like six months, 12 months. And then all of a sudden you'd be back in it again. And that in itself is so frustrating because you're like, no, wait, like I was done and now I'm back here. Like I can totally, totally relate to that. I don't know. It's just kind of crazy to talk about because I think when people think about binge eating, they're like, oh, it happens constantly. And then you get over it and you're done. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at the end of last year, I I ended up doing it every single day, mm-hmm. every mm-hmm. day. Like I kid you not, minimum five thousand calories a day. Yeah, yeah. like it yeah. was crazy. But then, like you know, you don't realize that it's not normal because you don't talk about it with anyone else because no one else 
well, you feel as though no one else understands. Mm-hmm. Like, I must be crazy. Fully, yeah. And I remember even, like, when I started to talk to my friends and family about it, it is so uncomfortable. Yeah. Because, like you said, you can't see it, so they're not expecting it. It's a complete God, no. shock to them. You know, if someone is struggling with anorexia, you know, I feel like you can see the signs before it's kind of brought up. Do you know what I mean? Totally. With binge eating, you might look completely healthy, completely normally. Normally? Normal. <laughs> <laughs> so then when you bring it up to your friends and family, they're like, what? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And if they haven't experienced it, it's completely foreign to them. Yeah. They'd be like, why do you eat past fullness? Like, yeah. why? Yeah. It doesn't make sense. And it even when I think about it, I'm like, it doesn't make sense in my mind too. But here we are going through it. Yeah. And because nine times out of ten, you do it, you know, behind closed doors. Because mm-hmm. you like I personally was ashamed I was like oh I don't want anyone to know that I'm doing this Mm -hmm. so you do it in secret so how are they supposed to know that you're doing it exactly I remember I would literally like drive to the shops get like a packet of Tim Tams smash them (laughs) go home and like act like I was totally normal to Sam to my family the exact same thing happened to me too I remember when I was still living at home I would have like binge eating episodes and then my dad would come and be like oh my gosh did you eat all the cake (laughs) and I remember like crying because I'd be like well yeah like oh I had no one to blame too so I was just like (laughs) it was me (laughs) do you You call me (laughs) red-handed Like the dog, like I can't really like yeah. put the blame. And so for you at the time, just in contrast, because for you, Lil, you were saying that it, for you, it stemmed from being stressed more so. Yeah. For you, do you feel like it stemmed from being more so restricting your food and calories? I think it was a mixture of things for me. So mm. it definitely started with that orthorexic clean eating. Like I was mm. obsessed with clean eating. Like if, yeah. if I feel like we all went through that phase yes. in like 2019, It was like the trend, like yep. clean eating. Like if you're a clean eater, like that was what everyone was doing kind of thing. I would hate like eating anything processed out of a packet, like anything, mm. right? So mine was... I didn't even think I really knew about calories at this point. I'm also was just like obsessed with clean eating. But then it was almost like that mental restriction of like me mentally restricting what I could and couldn't eat in terms of like good and bad food. So then I would like rebel against that. It started with just like eating so much healthy food, like like five smoothie bowls. Do you know what I mean? So I would bake raw treats every second day and eat the entire slab. Right? And it was kind of like, oh, it's healthy because it's like clean. But then you Mm -hmm. like feel awful, right? But then you get the backhanded comment saying, oh, like, you know, that's fine that you eat the whole thing because it's healthy. I'm like, you don't get it. Like nuts are so calorically dense. (laughs) But it's also mentally, like if you're, eating so much and feeling so sick like that's not even like I don't know I almost don't see it as even just like the calories or anything I'm like mentally like there's something wrong there do you know what I mean and it's exhausting yeah fully exhausting and then so from there I kind of went to you know we'd have a packet of chips in the house and I'd be like oh fuck it I'm just gonna eat the all or nothing approach that's where it gets you exactly Mm. that is 100% it because you know one packet of chips turns into two turns into three where they're like oh if I could have just had a handful yep exactly and that's where that level of restriction comes in because if you know that you're deeming foods good and bad or you know there's a whole food group that you're just not allowed whether that be carbs or that be sugar like whatever it is that you're restricting yourself from binge eating to an extent will always stem from something like you said with stress anxiety maybe it's a coping mechanism to deal with your emotions whatever but it's always a level of restriction in there Mm -hmm. and a part of you will feel this like scarcity mindset when you know if you say to yourself I can't have cake chocolate and Tim Tams if they're in the house a part of you just knows that you have to go all in and get that out of the house Mm -hmm. because you know you're not going to allow it the next day or the day after that 
it's one thing that is so relevant and I feel like everyone can relate to this is it's almost that mindset of when you say you can't have something, you want it more. God, yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. So if you were allowed chocolate all the time, right, in your mind you never said that you weren't allowed chocolate or it was a good or bad food, mm-hmm. there wouldn't be this like need in you to to eat the entire block because you know that you're actually allowed to and you've given yourself that permission to eat that at any time of the day whenever you want and there's no need to binge knowing mm-hmm. that you can have that anytime you want in the future so yeah. it's not coming from that scarcity place it's almost like when someone says like well don't think of an elephant yeah. what are you thinking about <laughs> if you tell yourself you can't do something you don't do it mm. it's like our body's natural reaction to want to do it if you tell a kid not to do something they're going to want to do it it's the same thing with food if we're like you can't have it you're going to want to yeah do you know what exactly. I mean? exactly yeah and it's crazy because getting back to like i don't know how it started for me I would work at an ice cream shop at the time oh, and I, I would did an ice cream shop too did you five years <laughs> for us yeah a couple of years for me <laughs> love Good that you do <laughs> <laughs> and I would tell myself I couldn't have ice cream right? I'd be like you cannot have even like a scoop literally for weeks and then all of a sudden you one night yep I'd have like three tubs and we'd also like take stuff stuff home at the end of the day yeah. and so we'd have like a our you know, freezer was full of ice cream. And so I would just go home and eat it all. And mm-hmm. be like, okay, you're not doing it ever again. Then I'd go another month, nothing. Like, wow. Imagine if I just was like, all right, like every shift I'm allowed to have a little bit. Like I can have it if I want. Yeah. And chances are, if you are listening to your intuition and you have that place and that thing within you that you know you can trust that part of you that knows what you mm-hmm. want or don't want, you probably won't eat the ice cream. No. And not that you won't ever, but you often will go, oh, I don't really actually feel like it now, but I probably yeah. want it tomorrow. Exactly. But you also know that you can have it tomorrow and you've got that permission there. But it's really tricky when you feel like it's going against these rules that you've created for yourself. And I think it's important to note as well that I mean, with girls that I've worked with, a lot of the time these food rules, all this restriction actually comes from our parents and it's not necessarily their fault. And it was, it doesn't mean that what they were saying when you were young came from a restrictive or bad place. But I've had so many clients give examples of maybe their parents saying, only take a handful of this or only grab one of that from a place of money, right? Like don't eat all the food at once. But mm-hmm. a part of them knows oh, I'm only allowed to have one of that thing. So when they maybe move out of home or they've got that free and when they're older it's like well my whole life there was this like scarcity or I'm not allowed you know x y and z or I'm not allowed big amounts of that so when I have the freedom to buy a packet of chocolate I can actually eat the entire thing if I want to Mm because I've got this mindset of like maybe you can't tomorrow it might even come from just parents saying things like oh carbs are bad for you or don't have too much sugar or you shouldn't be drinking cordial it's not that your parents did that with ill intent but it can create these things within you that you feel like oh that's a bad thing to have or I shouldn't be eating things like that so when you're older you just have these rules that have been conditioned for so many years that it's Mm -hmm. really tricky to go against that and actually recognize that's not how energy balance works and it's not how input versus output works but yeah like I find it so funny how our parents their generation specifically has it's been ingrained in them that carbs is bad that cardio Mm. is good all of those fad diets Mm. when they were growing up whether now we're actually quite lucky because there's so much research out there showing that it's literally energy in versus energy out like Mm -hmm. I don't know how many more fad diets is going to be because why would you believe it? We've got the actual evidence. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I've been through when I was like, oh, like when I was at my good place in 2020, like I can have it whenever I want. Like mm-hmm. I've had that mindset and like that is what I want to get back to mm-hmm. 100%. But like even now, like, cause I'm still 
not in the best place, like not exactly where I want to be. But what my psychologist has told me, like there's so many other coping mechanisms that you can use, like, you know, just sitting down, like, I don't know, I just thought these might help someone that might be listening. Like when you sit down and eat a meal, don't go on your phone. Yeah, be present. Yeah, Mm -hmm. be present. Actually think about the food like I know it sounds weird but get curious about what you're eating like Mm -hmm. literally look at it and I tell you what now every time I eat I'm like wow I actually feel full right there was so much food there yeah it's (laughs) it's the classic thing of like you know when you sit down in front of like the tv or whatever you've got your phone and you're eating and then you like go to like scrape for the next bite and it's gone (laughs) yeah you're like wait where's the food gone exactly (laughs) yeah I'm like the dog again like what's happening (laughs) (laughs) he's coming back for more (laughs) but it's just kind of like you're mentally like you're not connecting those dots so like how I'm not even sure if this is like a true fact but you know how like when you eat something it takes your your brain like 20, 20 minutes. minutes to know if you're actually full so if you're eating it without even thinking it's like, gone in two exactly and you're just like oh like I obviously need more yeah Do you know yeah. What I mean? mm-hmm. yeah but That's like even one. with binge eating like you know you think why am I doing this but I don't know about you Soph but when you do have like a binge or did have a binge episode mm. it feels as though someone is literally inside your body yeah you're not there like it's such a foreign feeling and I said that to the psychologist I was like like this keeps like this is how I feel when it happens and mm. she's like that's because it isn't you like she told some of her clients to mm. give the eating disorder a name, like you know, yeah, absolutely, Brittany, you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get a name, you hate, it's Brittany, yeah. bitch. <laughs> Sorry, I hope we're allowed to swear on here. No, you can uh, swear, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, like you know what I mean. So that is also helpful because I guess now you've just got to rewire your brain because it's become a habit, and mm. like any habit to break it. You've got to figure out new pathways. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. And a part of you too identifies with the habit. If you feel like you are the binge eater, like I, Lily, am a binge eater. Mm. You're identifying so hard with that title that you almost embody what it is to be someone who binge eats. But yep. if you separate the two, it's like, okay, I'm Lily. And yes, sometimes I binge eat. Yeah. It's your two different things. It's not you as a whole. And I think sometimes if you suffer like anxiety, depression, it's really easy to give yourself that title. Like I am Riley, I am depressed, but it's like, wait, what happens if I detach from that? And it's like depression, something I experience. It's not something that I am. Yeah. Cause you're not going to have it sense. forever. No, it's not about, it's about when, like how long you have it for. Like you're mm-hmm. not going to always have yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just quickly on fad diets. I feel like it's so interesting that you brought that up because I remember reading a stat. It's like the average person will try like 127 fad diets in their life. Right, which is wild. And I feel like our parents' generation is so, so true. Like they experienced so many diets. It was so normalized to, for women, constantly be on a diet. Yeah. Like most of our moms, aunties, any women in our lives growing up, you can almost guarantee yeah. that they were on some kind of diet all the time. Well, they, still, they still do it. Yeah. yeah. Like I was coaching at 45 and I just remember one of the, the clients was like, oh, she was back for a PM session and she'd already done a morning session. I was like, oh, you're back again. She's like, yeah, I had too many banana muffins today. And it was in that moment that I was like, I don't want to have this. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to be, yeah, you don't want to be 50 in that same mindset. And I feel like it's really tricky because I know, yeah, working with like the six month girls at the moment and clients one-on-one, so much a like so much integration can come from the awareness around the science. If that makes sense, it's like when you can understand how energy balance and food actually works, it takes away a lot of the sort of unknown and pressure of like, but what if I'm eating and doing the wrong things? I feel like that can be a really huge thing 
that plays on your mind where it's like, well, I don't even know what's right when it comes to a diet or food. So I'm just going to go all in and do the best I can being restricting, binging, restricting, binging, that constant cycle. And with, I guess, diets, like this is something I'm so passionate about because it just pisses me off so much. It's so confusing. So confusing. But remember that dieting, and this is like for anyone listening, just like hear this when I say this, (laughs) diet culture is an industry. Mm-hmm. right? It is an industry. It's a business. It is a $70 billion industry yeah. every single year. They literally make that money off their model of business being rinse and repeat. You're not, they're not meant to work. Diets aren't designed to work. That is, they, they make it off in people's insecurities. Totally. And it's a shit business model to have something that you buy once, you buy into once and it works. Mm. How do they make their money if you don't have to keep buying into it? Diets themselves are designed to fail. That's why you try 127 in your lifetime. They're not designed to work. So I know for so many girls listening, you've probably dieted before. You've probably experienced, um, you know, some results from diets. I have no doubt because any single diet that works, really important to note, you're in a deficit. That yeah, is the yeah. only reason a diet works. Paleo, keto, one, two, three, five, seven, intermittent fasting. If you've lost weight on a diet, it's only because you're in a deficit, not because you cut out carbs mm. or not because you fasted two days a week. And that's, that's the, the only part, reason diets work. So many people have no idea. Mm-hmm. Like, Majority of people are so uneducated with nutrition. It's so yeah. sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's we're really not taught this in school. It's yeah, really, really frustrating. A hundred percent. And I don't know why we aren't taught in school because it would save so much just pain for people to actually know what their bodies are doing and how their bodies work and function. And on that, it's so frustrating that we feel like, I guess, to go into diet culture more, their whole thing is pretty much based off this ideal body type or this perfect body and that's what they promote and if you don't meet that expectation they cause you a lot of shame right through their marketing through what they promote so the solution to get that body type is oh try the diet right the diet's going to give me the body but remember these diets are designed to fail so you're buying into something because they're shaming you about your current physique but you're never going to reach the ideal because no. one year, you know, the thing popular will be the thigh gap. The next year, it'll be slim thick. Like mm, you totally. can never win. You can never win. And with that, when you're buying into this, it creates so much shame because they are designed to fail. You will fail, right? Mm. You might get to eight weeks. You might have lost 10 kilos, but I can guarantee you put it on straight away, if not more. It doesn't matter what it looks like for you within that diet, but it will cause shame because you won't be able to adhere to the diet. Therefore, you think you're a failure and, you know, you're failed you'll never get your dream body you didn't lose the weight all these different things will come up in you but your only way to fix the problem is to buy into a different diet Mm -hmm. and that's why they make so much money so when you can go into it being like oh my god this is literally designed for me to stay stuck in this cycle and they want me stuck here that's their model that's how they make money recognize that all you need to do to lose weight and this is you know contradictory to what we're talking about but i just want everyone to know this that Losing weight does not look like restriction. The only thing that you're technically restricting in a deficit is calories, but those calories should not be by a thousand. They should be no more than a four to 500 deficit from your maintenance. Work with a coach, work with a dietitian, get the help if that is your goal, but you cannot get stuck in that diet culture cycle because it, it won't work. It never mm. will. And when you recognize that like that's actually the way it's designed, 
it's like, oh shit, right? You're they don't full of want wisdom. me. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> No, but it just irks me because we don't yeah. get that. Like mm. we, it, and I never got it really. I always thought, oh, all these diets out there, and for sure, I've tried diets before. Who hasn't? Yeah, right. Who hasn't? Especially as girls. But as soon as I sort of put two and two together, researched it more, and looked into it, I was like, wait a minute, what? Mm. It doesn't make sense if you don't have to buy back into it. And it's so important that. We just know that because it's just not serving us at all. And because it causes so much restriction, these diets, it often leads to binge eating. Mm. And that's sort of why I want to tie this in. Because if you're restricting, a part of you is going to binge at some stage. And when you binge, it causes a lot of shame, which you've said you felt shame around. So I know we've spoken about it. You said you felt shame. Yeah. And when you feel shame, yeah, not to get into it too much, but (laughs) if we're talking like levels of consciousness and the frequency that you vibrate at, like as a person, that is the lowest of lowest emotions you can feel, shame. So if you feel shame, you pretty much feel like you are worthless. Like you as a person are just completely worthless and your self-worth is so, so low. And guilt is, you know, closely followed by shame. And when you feel that, you get stuck in this cycle, right? And the only way that you come out of that emotion that you feel, right, that stress, that anxiety, that shame is to binge again because you don't know how to you don't know how to get out of it. So you might only binge once because you might be stressed with work or you might like you said so if it's like you're restricting food groups so it's like oh there's all or nothing approach but once you feel that shame it keeps you stuck mm. and it's really hard to get out of it. So don't buy into diet culture. <laughs> is really what I'm trying to say. <laughs> At the end of the day don't buy into it. Don't buy into it and I yeah, sorry, I digress but I just it just irks me. <laughs> it really does. Fair um, enough. But for you experiencing that shame and like you know I guess things like high rappers or you know projecting like oh Byron why did you do this or whatever it looked like for you how do you like find now working with a psych and kind of coming out the other side what's really helped you during that time because I want I guess everyone to know listening that there is hope you're not stuck in the cycle that you're in yeah yeah Yeah. 100% like I'll list a few examples I guess I don't even I can't even remember if I said this before (laughs) but um literally getting a journal Mm. and every time you eat writing down what you're eating how you're feeling Mm. how you're feeling when you eat the food everything and it might sound daunting to some people but having three square meals and three snacks Mm. every day and if you're coming from somewhere that you've tracked calories and like personally I've never gone below like 1900 but I know a lot of girls have gone down to even just 900 like it's in even lower yeah yeah like mm. it's so sad but yeah it can be tricky but making sure you are eating those six meals mm. because then you're in a regular cycle of eating your body isn't in scared mode like mm. it knows you're gonna get another meal in two hours yeah so then it won't cause you to binge So that's quite helpful. Then figuring out different things that you can do if you can feel a binge coming on, like, you know, just go for a walk around the block, do some painting, go on the pool, whatever, go on your phone, just have a distraction. Mm. Then another thing is I think a lot of us forget about how powerful breathing can be. I know it might sound a bit silly. No, it's true. But literally just trying to take six deep breaths. Mm. and thinking do I really want this mm-hmm. do I really want to feel like shit in yeah. 20 minutes mm-hmm. yeah. feel bloated feel ashamed feel guilt mm. do I want to feel like that and it can be really helpful well yeah, it's just like that. you said before you when you're in the midst of a binge you're not present you're not there yeah. breathing makes you present it does it brings you back to you that moment so you're like oh okay 
Like yeah, I don't, yeah. you know, it's almost like it's like a switch that flicks and you're like, oh, okay, I'm so glad I didn't do that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. what about for you in terms of sort of for you, the cause is stress. So have you done any work around actually looking at more, I guess, the root cause and being like, well, how can I try and alleviate a bit more stress in my day-to-day life that could hopefully stop that trigger to actually binging in the first place, if that makes sense? Yeah, yeah. Well, since going back to uni, like my workload has decreased and Mm. You know, anytime you go into a new job, obviously you want to do your best. So you put a lot of pressure on yourself, whether now I've been there for like 10 months, you know, there's a lot less stress. Mm. Um, Personally, like we're still working through that, me and my psychologist. I think just in general, I've, you know, adapted to my new kind of life Mm. and I just am generally a little bit less stressed. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So that's been quite helpful. And it's also like almost reassuring to tell yourself that like I don't know there'll always be a tiny bit there do you know what I mean like it might you might hear the voice in your head that makes you urge but if you've got the tools to say no then that's how you're going to get through it do you know what I mean like I think it's unrealistic for me at least to be like okay one day it's going to go and I'm never going to think about it ever in my life again do you know what I mean it's it it might come back in the future so it's Mm -hmm. it's reassuring to me to be like, okay, I might feel that urge. I might, something might trigger that old habit that used to bring me so much comfort. I think totally. it comes back to comfort for a lot of people too. Once you start something, it releases dopamine. Eating is good. Yeah. It's yum. Do you know what I mean? It releases that. Like, oh, this makes me feel good when I'm stressed, when I'm anxious, when I need to feel reassured, comforted. So every single time you go back to that, mm-hmm. I need comfort, so I'm going to eat. There are so many other things in your life that could bring you comfort, whether that's calling a friend, whether that's running yourself a bath, whether that's putting your favorite tv show on think of things in your life that will give you what binge eating gives you exactly that feeling because once you tap into that that's helped me the most to be honest knowing when I get the urge that it's an urge and how I can flip that into something that I'm needing do you know what I mean it's the same thing of like when you want entertainment you watch tv but could you if you feel like you're watching too much tv turn that into reading a book book, reading a book you know all that kind of stuff it's the same thing with eating it's like feeling that and being like okay how can I change that to something more positive that's going to make me feel good that's going to help me in the future yeah and it's giving you a reward like watching tv is probably just keeping you entertained or eating is actually making you happy or scrolling on your phone is giving you that dopamine hit like whatever it is for you how can I find that reward elsewhere Mm -hmm. if it's making me happy eating where else can I find happiness in my life does it make me happy calling my mum? does it make me happy playing with my dog does it make me happy um I I don't know there's so many examples have you shower like like washing your hair yeah find that outlet (laughs) And I think too, actually on that, when you were speaking, I was thinking of this, it's like, don't resent that part of you, right? Because Mm. there's so many parts of us. It's like, there's a part of you in your relationship. There's a part of you when you're with your family. There's a part of you that loves to do sport. There's a part of you that loves to train, like whatever, right? We're made up of so many parts. This is just a part of you, Mm. right? It's just a chapter in your life as well. You're not going to have it forever. Mm -hmm. Yep, just a part of you. And this is the part of you that uses that as a coping mechanism. So meet yourself with compassion in that. It's like you can't resent that part of you because the more that you resent that, the more... The more you're going to try and like... It's going to create more friction in your life. That's exactly the word I'm looking for. Yeah. And it's like there's, you don't want to have that relationship with any part of you because if you can be more accepting of that, it's going to be easier for you in your recovery. Mm -hmm. It's like, hey, I love you. Thank you for trying to keep me safe. I appreciate you having this urge because I know that you want to be happy, Mm -hmm. but I also know that there's other things that I can choose. Yeah. So it's like meet yourself with that. Acknowledge that part of yourself. Don't try and hide yourself from it, but thank her. Be like, thank you. I actually know that you're just here trying to do me 
me good and mm-hmm. you know that you can give me a really happy outcome temporarily, yep. but I can find it elsewhere. Yeah. Your yeah. body's your body's not really thinking more so about it. It's doing what feels and like yeah. is... At the end of the day, you yes. need food to survive. Totally. Exactly. And we have more control than we think. And I don't ever say that to, um, yeah, like undermine binge eating because for sure, like your body quite literally takes over and that's like comes down to your mind. But give yourself more um, credit than you currently do, mm. right? Like you're stronger than you know. You know too that with the right tools and with the right help, you can get over this and you can overcome this. And like Soph said, that part of you might still be there and it might still live in you, but like accept it, love it, have compassion for that part of you and choose a different outcome if and when you can, Mm -hmm. just utilizing those tools as you grow out of that part of your life. Mm. I was once listening to a podcast and the girl said to literally like write a letter to your binge eating. Mm. Like like you said before, give it a name or be like to binge eating this is like what you've done for me in the past. This is why I hate you. Then you can like rip it up, burn it, do whatever you want. But it it just gets that like those feelings out. Do you know what I mean? I feel like it's the same as like even just talking about it, like opening up saying that you have it, like it lifts a weight off your shoulders. Yeah. I was going to ask you both that for you, I guess in your recovery or in this process coming out the other side, what's helping you in terms of like, if you could give someone struggling three tips, like what helps in terms of reaching out and having that support system? What's really helped you in that? Well, I guess, yeah. Number one, obviously opening up with Mm. your family, your friends, like just acknowledging there is a problem yeah like, mm. but you can fix it like and then number two getting professional help absolutely yeah, yeah. Mm, for yeah. sure I think so many people undermine it they don't realize that it actually is an issue mm. um and number three wow you really put me on the spot here Riley <laughs> I know I have <laughs> did you find having I guess this is kind of relevant um to a lot of you know the clients that I work with and stuff do you find having I guess like friends in your life no or do you do you find that quite hard to open up to friends initially look I love my friends like I take a bullet for them and we've always been quite close like we don't mm. often talk about it but I know if I wanted to they would be there mm. yeah the, like, hear you whatever second you have to say. yeah yeah exactly yeah. so yeah. I don't know look that's a tough one like I think I prefer to talk to a professional because I don't want to put a burden on my friends and I know that they wouldn't think of it like that mm. but everyone's going through their own shit mm. like mm. I don't want to put an extra load on them I guess it's just nice them having the awareness that it is happening for you yeah so if you need the support they're there but it also doesn't sort of rule your time together either yeah yeah exactly because I'm like oh god I don't want every time we hang out to be like Debbie Downer (laughs) yeah totally totally oh I love that though I feel like that's such a good episode and so many of the girls listening will just be able to take so much from that and I feel like for anyone listening that is going through that just know one you're not alone and so so many people experience binge eating for one disordered eating eating disorders and it's unfortunately so common but there's ways around it there's ways to get through it and Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just something that I think shouldn't be as taboo as it is currently. Yeah, well, I find as well when I'm going through it, no one knows. It's Mm. only when I'm like out of a bad kind of spell Mm. of it, then I I speak about it. So I really like the idea of like opening up the conversation, being like, well, I'm actually like currently struggling right now. That's why I wanted to open up Mm. on my Instagram right now, whether when I'm coming out of it, but Mm. I'm still like a little bit in it. Because I feel like there's no one, like, quote-unquote influencer that talks about it when they're in it. It's always, oh, I used to have it. Yeah, 
for sure. Yeah. So hopefully that brings some girls some comfort. Absolutely. I'm sure it would. And you should be so proud of yourself for opening up about it too, because I'm sure that's not easy, but you're making moves, sister, and it's good. So good. And we're so, yeah, so grateful for you to come on, especially so last minute and share your story. It's, yeah, really cool. No worries. Thank you so much for having me. Your Instagram, give it a shout out. Is there anything else we need to be following? Where do we find you? Yeah. Guys, just hit me up. Hit me up on Instagram, maybe TikTok. (laughs) Yeah, plug the TikTok on. What's the next big thing, guys? <laughs> we might hate to say it. She knows. She knows. <laughs> um, but yeah, Lily Tetton Fit. Yeah, nice. love it. On both? Yes. Yeah. yeah love YouTube that. Nice as well. and easy. You on YouTube? Oh, no. <laughs> You've dabbled though, right? I've dabbled. Don't go there, ladies. Don't Are you like there. me? Do you dabble in YouTube? <laughs> I did, but like I just can't. Like I hate my voice. <laughs> I can't edit it. Oh, welcome to podcast. Yeah, oh, here we go. No, no. <laughs> Love it. No, thank you so much. Thank and thank you, you so much for listening, guys. And mm-hmm. we will be back in your ears next week. See ya. Bye. Bye.